You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Hey guys, before we get started with this episode, I do want to say that when recording this, that you might hear some stuff in the background or some coughing during this time as Hannah was still recovering from being sick, so that might come through, but it's still a really, really great episode for this. So, just want to put that out there, tried to reduce as much as I could, but without further ado, let's get into the episode. So, today we have on Hannah, who is a part time health and fitness coach through Beachbody, part time student with University of Maryland, and a five year sober and very active in her sober community plus a part-time waitress. So this girl has got so much going on. I'm so excited to talk to her. So welcome to the show, Hannah. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I am too. So I would love as, I mean, I just mentioned there's four different routes we can even talk about, but I really want to know for you, when you first started down this space of like health and fitness, what was your reason? What was your story to get started? Sure, absolutely. So I started my fitness journey in 2015. I was about two years sober at the time, and I had started to feel better emotionally and mentally and spiritually, but the physical aspect was, you know, it was a really rough place that I was in. Um, Towards the end of my drinking, I was sick all the time, bronchitis, pneumonia, Um, you know, my skin was discolored, I was bloated. I wasn't really eating. I sort of lived on a beer and Taco Bell diet. And it was just, it was really, really unhealthy. And I was sick and I was dwindling away. And I was somebody who never really needed to work out. I was sort of always petite. And um, I never thought I had reason enough to really commit to something um, and thought that my way of living was totally sustainable. And so when I was about two years sober, like I said, 2015, I just hit this, this low point where I said, something's got to give. I had started doing a little bit of blog dabbling in different YouTube videos, you know, Jillian Michaels, DVDs, Tybo, all of those things. But I had never actually committed to something for more than a couple of days. So a friend of mine, um, had a friend who, was a beach body coach and i said you know she started telling me about our the boot camps that she was running we also call them challenge groups she started talking about this 21 day program that was 30 minutes a day and she talked about this shake thing and this group of women and i reluctantly committed to it Um, not because I didn't believe in the program or the shake or the community. It was because I didn't believe in my ability to commit to something. And I said, okay, I'm just going to lose five pounds and then I'm going to quit. Well, little did I know 
that program, that 21 day program was 30 minutes a day. It was, excuse me, extremely intense. It was something I had never done before in terms of weights and cardio and pushing myself in the intensity. Um, you know, I started drinking Shakeology, which is a, you know, a nutrient dense superfood shake that was replenishing my body with all of the nutrients I had depleted it of from poor nutrition. And I started having more energy and I started having less digestive issues and I started to have better skin and I just felt myself feeling a little bit better. I lost five pounds. I got amazing, amazing results. And all I wanted to do was just shout it from the rooftops that I had found something that worked for somebody like me who had never committed, who didn't know how to eat properly, and especially someone who didn't know how to have relationships with other women. Um, That was something I never had when I was drinking. And so to get together with these like-minded women who were about their health and their fitness and their overall wellness, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I did all the super salesy things you're not supposed to do, but I didn't know that. I was just so excited to get it out there that I found something that I was obsessed with and I wanted to share it with the world. And, you know, people signed up a lot. My, you know, my first few, um, you know, months as a coach, my warm market, you know, people that were close to me, they wanted to support me. But a lot of people didn't believe that it would become something lifelong. And, you know, here I am three years later and being a Beachbody coach is just one part of my brand. It's just one piece of my story, but it is one of the most powerful platforms I have been able to use to meet incredible women, to get into the best shape of my life, to grow in all areas of my life, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, paired with my sobriety and paired with personal development. Um, It is the best avenue that I could have ever walked down. And I'm just so grateful for the opportunity that was presented to me three years ago. Um, And, you know, I make it my mission today simply to share that gift with other people. Yeah, well, I want to say first, congratulations to you on being able to first find something that works. Because as we all know, with health, it's sometimes very difficult to find that thing for us. And also for your five years of sobriety, and if you're comfortable with it, I'd love to go back a little bit further and see what was the tipping point for you. You mentioned that you started your health and fitness coaching two years into sobriety, but I wonder how was the two years even before that, like right before or in between um, the sobriety start? Yeah, absolutely. So. you know, people ask me that a lot. They say, you know, what was, did something happen? And there wasn't one uh, series of events. Um, It was, I started drinking at 15. I immediately, right out of the gate, I was someone who um, blacked out when I drank. And I was this blackout, pass out drinker who just ripped through people's lives like a tornado. Um, I I grew up living with a lot of fear and anxiety. And um, when I discovered alcohol at 15, that was the one thing that relieved that for me. And I didn't feel insecure anymore. And I felt like I could conquer the world. And and it was this false sense of security that worked temporarily. Um, And 
I continued to drink all through college. I had gotten kicked out of college. I had lost jobs, apartments, um, because all I cared about was doing whatever it took to get outside of myself. And, you know, I blamed all of my decisions and actions and, um, you know, the consequences of those things on my drinking. And it was, you know, it was okay for a little while, you know, oh, you know, you just got a little bit, you know, too crazy, Hannah. But eventually it got to the point where nobody wanted to be around me. And I was non-existent in my life. I was kind of walking around an empty shell of a human. Um, I didn't know who I was. I was stunting my growth with my drinking and I just didn't know how to cope with life. So, um, when I was, I'll, I'll share this a little bit. When I was, um, 21, I had gotten pregnant and it was a really, really scary time for me. And, um, I didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, I knew it meant that I had to stop drinking and I couldn't party anymore. And, you know, I, I wanted to change my ways. Um, and I stayed sober for my entire pregnancy, but when I was about five months pregnant, I, um, was feeling a little bit off. I was either four or five months pregnant and, um, I didn't feel so well. And I told my mom and she was like, you know, you're, you're just, you know, I just felt different. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Oh, you know, you're just overreacting. You're overreacting. And I was like, I don't think so. Like, I just think that something's not right. So I went to my doctor and they did an ultrasound and they couldn't find a heartbeat. And, um, they told me that I had actually miscarried, mm-hmm. um, about three weeks prior to when I actually went and saw the doctor. Um, so they had to do an emergency um, operation because, you know, obviously I, uh, the baby was too um, big to mm-hmm. for me to, you know, pass on my own. And um, that was one of the most that's probably the most tragic experience I have ever had to go through. And I remember leaving the hospital just feeling so broken and so defeated. And I fell into a really deep depression. Um, and you know, I, I stayed sober and, and I didn't stay sober because I wanted to be sober. (laughs) I stayed sober because I knew that's what you do when you get pregnant. You just don't drink. Mm -hmm. But little did I know there was a slight spark in me that tasted what it would be like to actually be sober. Um, but I didn't get sober, um, until about actually sober until about four or five months after I miscarried, um, I had gone right back to drinking. Everything picked up exactly where it had left off because I didn't change my people, my places or my things. Um, and most importantly, I didn't, I wasn't changing myself. I was just simply not drinking. So, um, I hit a point, um, in October of 2013 where I was just, I was tired. Mm-hmm. I was sick. I was broken. I was, I was exhausted. I didn't want to die, but I couldn't keep living that way. And, um, and I, I remember driving home to my parents' house. I was, I had stayed the night at some person's house and I was really hungover and I, and I drove home and I called my mom, you know, and I sat down on the couch with her when I got home and, and we just talked and, and I said, I, I don't know who I am and I don't know what I'm doing. And, um, you know, I got involved with uh, a sober community that 
um, has completely changed my life. I am, I'm someone that I never even knew that I could be. I have experienced things in sobriety that I never thought I could do without a drink or a drug. I have met people that are my closest friends. I mean, I truly, faith is a really big part of my story. And I truly believe that God's hand was always over me all these years. He never abandoned me, but I chose to walk away. I chose to ignore him. And I chose to make alcohol and drugs and anything that got me outside of myself, my higher power. Um, But when I got sober, I knew that um, I knew that this was God giving me a second chance. And there was this weight that just lifted off of my shoulders when I realized, like, I never needed permission to stop living that way. I just simply had to rely on something bigger than me to help me get to that place where I could actually see a life without the despair and the darkness and the depression and the anxiety and the fear. And, you know, thankfully through doing the work and really growing in my connection with God, um, it's gotten me to this place, you know, through some bumps and some valleys and some trials and tribulations, but I have gotten to where I am today, not solely on my own. It has been the sober community. It has Mm -hmm. been God. It has been my family. And a big, big part of my sobriety is my health and fitness. Um, I tie a lot of what I have learned being sober and my experience and my strength and my hope into what I do in my experience, strength and hope with my health and fitness journey. And that's why I really love, (coughs) excuse me, I really love coaching Um, because it allows me a similar outlet to share my journey with other people, um, the same way I get to do for my, you know, sobriety. Um, and you know, thankfully, hold on one second. I just need to have something to drink. Yeah. um... (laughs) Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Um, so you know, that is a little bit of, you know, some of the things that I, I have endured a lot of things in sobriety that I never dealt with drinking. Um, but I have also, um, experienced such incredible victories and celebrations and moments that had it not been for getting sober and it had it not been for taking my health and fitness seriously, you know, I, probably wouldn't be alive today. And so when I share my heart on social media, when I share it in person with people, I can't help but get down to the vulnerable, dark um, parts of, of my life and share that transparency with people so that everybody I come across knows that there is hope, knows that there are solutions, knows that there is a better way to live and all it begins with is just having a little bit of willingness. Yeah, I think the really great part about that and thank you so much for sharing that. I think when it comes to us as people, we all have our own, I guess, I would say escape uh, plans or escape pathways. Like for example, yes. a lot of us can be food or alcohol or drugs or even TV or social media, whatever that is. 
So to really go through and endure all of that, and there's so much that comes through that, not only for you, but also, like you said, having that community around you is vital for so many people, and especially for those, for example, going through health and fitness, because I think that when women especially are going through this change, you know, every day we scroll on social media, we'll see a girl who's, you know, a size zero doing whatever, and you start to compare yourself. So I think what's really great is that you allow people to bridge the gap between, um, you know, the struggle and having the accountability of having someone there. So what I would love to hear about too is, since, you, since you've worked with so many women, what's kind of like one of the biggest struggles you see a lot of them have? Yeah, that's the biggest, I actually just made a post about this the other day. The biggest thing I see is busyness. Mm-hmm. It's life. And it's the, um, it's the struggle of balance between your home life, your work life, um, your, your spiritual life, you know, all of these different parts that make up our busyness, it, it, that tends to be the biggest, uh, obstacle or the biggest hesitation. I don't have time. Um, it's this, it's this lack mindset, um, that comes from this insane social pressure to always be doing everything, all the things at all times. Mm -hmm. And it burns people out. And that is one of the biggest things that I have seen in the women that I help is that feeling of being burnt out. Single moms, moms of multiple kids, married, married women, um, students, nurses, um, you know, full-time job, entrepreneurs. At the end of the day, we tend to all have this common um, obstacle and it's not having time. And I have been in seasons in my life where I have got all the time in the world where I can relax and take it easy. I completed an 80 day program in the beginning of the year that was like uh, six days a week and it was like 45 minutes to an hour a day. And it worked. It worked for me then. I was able to um, get a lot of things done because other areas of my life were not all happening at the same time. And then there's seasons like now where, you know, I just moved back to my hometown of Rochester, New York from living in L.A. And and everything's happening at once. Going back to school, um, get, diving back into my sober community, coaching, um, picking up some shifts, um, waitressing. And it all is happening all at once. And I am just as um, vulnerable to the overwhelm of busyness. And so... What I love about what I do is the variety and the flexibility that our programs um, allow for people. You know, there. You know, and it's and it's interesting because um, you know our virtual boot camps. You know, that is something that is all held in a private Facebook group, and it allows people to check in when they can. Um, you get to create these awesome friendships over a mobile device or a laptop. And, um, a lot of these women, their biggest hesitation is they just don't think that they have the time to do that. And once they practice time management and cutting out time for self-care and prioritizing, uh, things, it's when they start to see real changes that are, are sustainable. Um, but at the end of the day, everybody's busy 
So I just no longer take that as an excuse because there's obviously something much deeper. And as a coach, it's my job to figure out what that deeper, that deeper fear or hesitation is. But a lot of times it stems from the idea that there's just not enough of time, of yourself, of your brain power, of the day. Um, and it's about switching from that lack to abundant mindset. Yeah, I think that's really, really important for a lot of people out there to hear. Because not only is it, you know, the pay, uh, the piece about scheduling, because we all have problems, I think, overloading ourselves, especially when it comes to having kind of different hats we have to wear, whether you're a mom, business owner, friend, whatever that is, student, whatever that is for you, it can be um, almost overwhelming to a point for certain people at certain times. And I wonder since, I mean, girl, you're doing a lot when it comes to the fitness coach, <laughs> the waitress and student, how do you keep yourself kind of grounded or at least somewhat balanced in your life? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny. I thought I had it all. I, ha- I thought I had it all figured out. Um, before my move back to Rochester, I had this routine that was like fantastic and it was working for me. And that's something that I've learned since being back. It's been about a month, Mm -hmm. um, is certain routines and certain systems work for certain seasons in my life. Um, so the biggest one for me right now is towards the end of living in, uh, in LA. I was on my phone a lot. Now, as an entrepreneur, uh, you're on your mobile device a lot. You're on your laptop. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of screen time. You're planning content. You're reaching out to people. You're outsourcing. You're doing all of these things that require you to be, you know, kind of glued to your phone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found myself missing a lot of the moments that were happening around me. And, And I just, I, I kind of got burned out from myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was doing it to myself. And so I, I came back to Rochester and I said to myself, okay, what, there's something that needs to change a little bit. And whether it's pulling back a little bit on my social life, pulling back a little bit on my business, pulling back a little bit with school. Um, I'm someone who thinks that I have to do everything all the time. 100% go hard or go home. Um, extreme. And if I'm not doing everything extremely, um, I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I just made a post about this too, is like talking about that guilt. Um, and so I was having guilt, uh, for wanting to be on my phone less and be present more for Mm -hmm. wanting to indulge in self care more and, um, and, focusing on other people less. Um, something that we talk about a lot as coaches is keeping your blinders on, keeping your head down and staying in your lane because I can get caught up in other, in comparison, I can Mm -hmm. caught up in other people's successes, the way that other people run their business. Um, but at the end of the day, what I do, I love, but sometimes that requires reevaluating Um, what's causing me to feel burnt out or agitated or resentful. So for me, the answer to your question is prayer, Mm -hmm. devotions, meditation. Um, I'm also obsessed with organizing. So I use my reminders on my phone. I use Google calendars. I use my iPhone calendar. I use Google sheets. I have a 
um, a whiteboard that's just my business goals. And then I have a whiteboard that's all of my finances and my to-dos. Um, I love color coding things. So I'll color code it by coaching, by personal life, by travel, by college. Um, and I kind of get a little bit of excitement, you know, checking things mm -hmm. off my to-do list. But on the other end of that is there have been times where I am over controlling. I am micromanaging my schedule so much to a T that I leave no room for moments or for, um, for random things to happen for just life, you know, just to be present. And so I honestly, am sort of in a transition where I'm learning how I need to prioritize now that I'm back home um, and doing a couple of different things and really just adjusting. And I think the number one thing that has helped me is when people tell me to be gentle with myself, mm -hmm. I'm really, really good at feeling guilty for um, not being 100 all the time. And it's learning to just give myself grace. If I feel compelled to just unplug and be away from my screen for a second and enjoy time with my nephew, I let myself do that. Um, and I think so right now for me, what's working and how I I'm, I'm staying, you know, kind of level headed and not like a chicken with their head cut off is, um, just really, uh, giving myself me time, quiet time. I really like to spend the few first few hours of my day, just reading devotions, praying, um, and just kind of getting centered. I have to fill up my own cup, you know, before I can fill up others. Um, and it's all trial and error. And that's something I'm 100% transparent with in my boot camps on my social media posts. Um, what worked for me a month ago might not work for me today. And it's just like, you know, trying different things. Yeah, I completely agree with, I mean, so much that you said, but especially when it comes to different seasons bring different routines or different schedules. Mm, yes. Because I understand that completely when I, I think it was a couple of years ago, I had this certain routine that worked out so well at that time and I tried to replicate it now and it was like dragging myself to do it. And it's one of those things I think people forget that not everything is supposed to be the same always, you know, like life, yes. the only, I think the uh, quote is the, the only constant in life is change. Mm. And, and I think that the really cool part about seeing that and understanding it and acknowledging it is giving yourself that grace, you know, it's giving yourself that ability to say, hey, you know, this isn't working for me right now. Let's see what could or let's see what will work for me versus trying to constantly push and push and push and, you know, have something maybe get worse versus getting better. Absolutely. And I would love to hear too, since we talked a lot about this fitness and kind of like the balance for, for you, what is coming up for you? Like what is your next year or two when it comes to your health and fitness coaching? What do you want for yourself and for your clients going forward? Yeah, absolutely. So heading into uh, 2019, I am really excited about watching my, um, my coaches helping other people. You know, at the end of the day, um, I, you know, have a handle on my own journey and, um, something that I have really been trying to work on is my nutrition. You know, mm -hmm. I think sometimes people think, well, you're a coach, you should be, you know, um, this, you know, 10 out of 10 with everything all the time. And that's just like, I'm a human being and, mm -hmm. um, I, I struggle, you know, there are t like, I'm actually currently 
I'm recovering from Achilles tendonitis and I can't do a lot of the exercises that I've been able to do, you know, in the previous months. So, um, for me, it's just still showing up. And right now I'm actually, um, two days into an eight week lifting and hit program that is four days a week, 30 minutes a day. And it's fantastic because it's flexible. It's a real life program made for real life people mm-hmm. who have real lives to get to. Um, and that's been something really awesome. Um, being able to have other women in my, my clients in my boot camps sort of come together and do a similar pro the same program together. Um, but really for 2019, my vision is to, um, replace my, um, corporate income that I was making when I was working a full-time job in Los Angeles. Um, and so I'm not where I want to be financially. I'm not where I want to be in terms of growth numbers on my team. Um, but you know, we can't, I can't, um, be impatient that something takes time. Um, because you know, it's something worth having Mm -hmm. in my opinion, takes time to grow and develop. And, um, I would rather spend five, six years, really establishing a firm foundation in my business, then spend the next five or six years, um, building someone else's foundation and working for somebody else's dream. And, um, you know, it's, it's unconventional what I do and people question it and they're not sure what it means. And, um, they ask me if I'm doing that shake thing or if I'm mm. still working out. And, and the, the one thing I want people to know is that it's so much more than that. And 2019 is going to be about that more. It's going to be about sharing on social media that all that really, really hard work that goes on behind it, you know, sometimes we just see surface level. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like my motto for 2019 is like, let's be real. And I want more, mm-hmm. um, real in terms of, um, helping my clients to really share their journeys, um, really reach out to people, really believe in themselves. It's about me really sharing my mental health struggles, um, really sharing what it's like to go to school, coach and waitress and be a sister and be an aunt and and be a friend and be involved in my sober community. And more in terms of, um, more people, more lives changed, more um, people on board to end the trend of obesity, to end the trend of complacency and comfort zones and um, grow. You know, it's, I think for 2019, um, you know, we've got some really, really exciting new programs that are coming out that um, we have this awesome 20 minute program that's going to come out that's body weight only. Um, with Shanti, who's a really popular trainer. We've got some awesome nutrition, um, programs coming out. Um, and you know, our, our tribe is growing. Um, I don't have a team of hundreds or thousands, but, um, watching the light turn on in my client's eyes and watching them take that light and pass it on to someone else who then can, experience that same light going off inside them. That's what 2019 is going to, is, is going to be for me. It's just that more and just, um, continually growing in that abundant mindset. Um, and just, you know, like, yeah, just really rooting for, um, and cheering on and supporting and encouraging all of my current clients. Um, because, 
your best coaches are always going to be um, your most committed clients. And it's, it's my um, job to help them feel um, armed with all the information and build up their confidence and encourage and motivate them to just um, unapologetically share what's working for them and, you know, help change lives. Yeah. Well, the great thing is, too, one thing, one of the last questions I love to ask each guest is, since you've gone through so much of this, you've been doing the coaching space for three years and been in this entrepreneur space for that long. What is one lesson or one thing you would tell yourself back when you first started? <laughs> um, it would be... don't care what other people think Mm -hmm. that it's, it's, it's so corny and cliche, but I really truly did not start working my business the way that it should be ran and didn't start treating it like a business until about a year ago. And that was when I stopped having a mindset of what will people think? What will people say about me? And I just switched it to, do the damn thing, mm-hmm. you know, do, do it and don't care because that saying of like, you can either, um, join me, you know, or watch me. And, um, yeah, I would tell my newbie coach self not to care what other people think, because that's what held me back for the first two years of my coaching business. Um, so I'm kind of playing catch up right now. Um, but yeah, I would just tell her not to be afraid to shout it from the rooftop, something that has completely transformed your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's definitely a lesson that we all have to learn, especially the don't compare to others. That's such a huge lesson to learn, especially for the online space as an entrepreneur and also just living on social media or just having eyeballs and looking at other people, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So I think that's a really good thing to end on too. And for all those who want to learn more about Hannah, she is on Instagram at Hannah Grace underscore wellness, which will be all in the show notes below. But I just want to say thank you so much, Hannah, for being on here and sharing your story. It was amazing to hear you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. It was such an honor. Yeah, well, I am so excited for you guys to listen to this, uh, contact her, let her know how amazing she was. And I'll talk to you guys all in the next episode. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.